Welcome to the Write It Down podcast with the 1513 Network. I'm Brooke Murata, bringing you one-on-one interviews to challenge, inspire, and encourage. Today is a surprise episode from Denise Villanueva. She just hopped on the mic for episode 52. Um, I'm so excited to have her back on. She came and shared some other rich stories of Raider history, the Raiderettes. She shares about the reunions, the museum that was built on the new stadium in Vegas, a tragedy that happened with a former Raiderette, and then our boy Marcus Allen at his Hall of Fame event. And I cannot wait for you guys to listen to this episode and hear more of the joy and wisdom that Denise Villanueva has. So sit back, relax, and get your pens ready because this is Write It Down. Welcome back to the Write It Down podcast. I'm your host, Brooke Murata. And surprise, we have Denise Villanueva back on the mic for part two. Um, Denise and I just had such a good conversation our first go around, and there was just more in our um, gift of gab that we wanted to get out. Denise has um, so many more stories to share with us, to inspire us, to encourage us, and to implore us to think and to to really love on the people in our life, um, just like Ray nation does and the Raiderette. So Denise, welcome back to Write It Down. Thanks so much. I know we can have stories for days, but we can get a few more under our belts. Oh, we totally can. Uh, this this is a little mini reunion for each other, but we do want to discuss the reunion of the Raiderettes and what that looks like each year or however frequent that you have them and what brings you guys together. Oh, th- yeah, the reunions are off the charts. <laughs> and it was a Raider director at the time, Mary Barnes, who said, you know, we should do these bigger and include more girls. So like in LA, we did like a five, a 10, a 15 year, but then it was like, well, wait, we really got to bring Oakland and LA together and invite everybody and just have a good time. Because of course we have a good time wherever we are in a parking lot on a field, mm-hmm. <laughs> wherever we are. And, um, <clears throat> excuse me. So we had about, let me see at the first, it was called, um, reunion of the decades. And so it had every girl from 1961 who we could find and contact because, you know, not everyone was on Facebook. <laughs> we didn't have all the social media at the time. Mm-hmm. So we kind of had to hunt people down. Um, but it was about like 400 girls at that time. And that was back in 2002. Am I okay. going to get that right? Am yeah. I? And then and then we did one 10 years later. Again, kind of big like that. And oh, then wow. in between, there's a ton of, of mini reunions. But what's so great about it is they had us out on the field um, just doing like a little bit of dancing by the decades. We were all out there, but I'm telling you, as much love as we love to give to the fans, they were giving it back to us. Um, And they especially cheered, of course, anyone who was Super Bowl years and then really big for the original Raiderettes. Because I think that's just like, as I kind of mentioned before, it's just such an exciting thing to think, wow, they were the first, Mm -hmm. you know, and they still shine, they still sparkle and, and then, um, so we have practices and then we, you know, perform at the game. And then of course the famous after party. <laughs> I can't even imagine. Do you have any yeah. highlights of the after party? Because for us, I'm going to use the word common folk, but first common folk, when we think of like an after party out in California, our mind just goes to like, you know, early 2000 movies and what that looked like. We have no idea. <laughs> So what really goes on at these after parties and are they that magical? Well, they're magical in the sense that, you know, girls either that you've cheered with and you haven't seen for a bit because maybe they live in a different state or whatnot. Um, But then also meeting other girls who cheered because there's such a common thread. I mean, it's just such a life changing experience to be a professional cheerleader, especially for the Raiders. Um, that, you know, you're just excited to meet them. So in some cases we have, you know, there's a guest with the person, with the Raiderette. Mm-hmm. And then other times we've done it where it's just the girls and both are just as fun, maybe even just having all the girls. Like, you know, the music comes on, everybody's dancing. Like there isn't even a hesitation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Everyone's out on the dance floor just having a good time. And um, they're not as crazy as people might think they are, but magical as far as um you know just connecting and having a good time tons of laughs you know usually there's like video highlights playing and uh 
we all love to watch ourselves cheer too. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> so, so it's just, you know, a lot of hooting and hollering and hugging and laughing and, um, you know, and a lot of picture taking. That's for sure. <laughs> I, wow. I can't imagine. So it's like high school reunions on steroids because it's yeah, just, yeah. yeah, it's just so epic and so big. I am not old enough to have a high school reunion. I mean, I might be, <laughs> maybe they've had one and just haven't told me. Um, but well, I they might not have found you, so you have to reach out to them. Yeah, it's That's true. a key thing. <laughs> yeah, I'm just gonna reach out to who do you I don't even know who to reach out to. It's crazy because I graduated from a high school I didn't really attend. Sounds shady, but it's actually brilliant. Um my senior year I went to high school so I could do early admissions in a college. So it worked nice. out, but I don't think I'll be invited to the reunion because nobody really knows I went to that high school. But I have bartended a reunion and they seem really fun. So <laughs> yeah, I can't the bar is always a busy place too. That's for sure. A few <laughs> cocktails and champagne. Everybody's got to say cheers, right? Yeah, really, really. Okay. So I have to ask this too about the reunions. Do you guys do it big with like catering and food? Like, are we talking like chocolate fountains and things like that? <laughs> how, how do, how do Raiderettes eat? It is so funny. Oh, you know, what's interesting. Actually, all of us like, we all have appetites because even when we were cheering and we'd be on a promo, right. And they would, there would be whoever the sponsors or whatever the event and they'd be like, Oh yeah. And of course, you know, they take care of your meal and all. And they'd always walk over and go, Oh my gosh, <laughs> like you guys are normal and you actually eat a meal. And you know, it's like, yeah, we have energy. So uh, it's always interesting that, that, yeah, we actually do eat. And there are fun things like that for sure. Uh, champagne fountain, chocolate fountains uh and then you know just a lot a lot of food and beverage but i think we all talk so much we don't eat as much at the reunions because i think we're just trying to catch up so fast you know it's like wait or just dancing on the dance floor so fun. we have a good time what's one of your f- <laughs> most favorite memories from one of those reunions well, I'd probably say the most recent one, and it was really billed as more of a get together. Mm-hmm. Um, it was in November of 2019. It was it was before the Ra- so up in Oakland, okay. before the Raiders moved um, from uh, Oakland to Las Vegas, and so it was very nostalgic. Uh, you know, even though I didn't share in Oakland, but like the fans and everyone would just kind of had this vibe of like deep appreciation for what the Raiders did for Oakland. I mean, I know some people were upset they were leaving, but at the same time they brought so much to that community. Um, so it was really just kind of a cool vibe the mm-hmm. whole day. And then at the very last minute, we weren't originally going to perform on the field, uh, but the Raider at director at the time, Mandy uh, Vokes, who's awesome. And Mallory Tate, <clears throat> those two together were like, now we got to make this happen and that was really fun because we went on a on a bus you know from the hotel to the stadium they had a full spread big tented area it was just beautiful the current squad came in and you know that energy in itself is always fun and we all took a bunch of pictures um and then they had us perform on the field um and it was just during pregame the other ones were in halftime but it was really meant a lot to girls who cheered in oakland Exactly. So in you 2019, know, like last, you guys performed on the field. Yes. Oh wow! It, it was a pregame. Yeah, for the pregame. So that was the most recent. And then ideally, they were going to do like, as much as they don't call it a reunion, it kind of be, it was formal, like a get together. But we ended up doing everything we would on a bigger. Re- they wanted to do it every year in Vegas, but of course, we know what happened. Yeah. <laughs> 2020, yeah. and so far 2021. But but their plan is to to a game, um, you know, once a year, whether it's performing on the field or not, but just being together. And I mean, Allegiant Stadium is off the charts. If if anyone's in Vegas, it's worth taking the tour. Yeah. Um, they have a couple different price ranges, but it's really spectacular uh, what yeah. they built there. I can't imagine. I've been to Vegas once. I went in 2017 for my 21st birthday can only imagine yeah it was everything was safe and fun whoever's listening to this dad if you're listening mom i'm fine (laughs) no but i have to say the best thing about vegas is i mean i don't gamble um i i don't know i think i put some money on a football game and that didn't go well but anyways long story short this is not about me and my issues or me going to vegas but (laughs) 
one thing I love about Vegas is I'm, I really like being busy, like as a person and I like, um, like simulation. So like everything is always happening. It's like a cruise ship. Like it doesn't, it's the city that doesn't sleep. So like every single thing that you're doing, you feel like it's just bright, brand new and happening all the time. So I really like that. So I can't imagine they have to match that somehow. They have to match, like stadiums have to match the the theme of the city they're in, in a sense. So I can only imagine that this stadium, I mean, I don't know if the stadium has slot machines, but I'm assuming <laughs> it's, it's good with lights and it's good with entertainment and it's probably done really, really well. So that would be super cool to one day go out there again and and see that speaking of things being built why don't you tell us a little bit about the museum that you ladies um built yeah i mean you're so let me just say this you're so spot on though for the stadium like the look and feel i mean it's like for sure you know you're in a special place you mm-hmm. know vegas has so much to offer and whether you gamble or don't or you know but, but you just literally have every entertainment option and now sports have become especially professional sports have become such a mainstay now in Vegas. I mean, a lot of people thought, well, is it going to happen? Is it going to gravitate, you know, to sports? And certainly, you know, the hockey team, the Knights, Mm -hmm. um, the Aces, which is the WNBA team that's there. And then now with the Raiders, uh, uh, it's phenomenal. And so with the stadium, and, and this goes really to Mark Davis, really carrying on the tradition for, you know, from Al, it's like there's, they really love their history mm-hmm. and then they, but that, the, but that they also focus on the future, yeah you know? So they kind of let that history uh, come about. So for the first time uh, ever, there's actually a history museum of the Raiderettes in the stadium. That's and cool. I helped with that. I was lucky enough to be asked to help and, you know, gather all this information because things are sort of all in different places, you know, mm-hmm. and back then you didn't have all the digital assets you have, you know, mm-hmm. of late. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, we had, you know, everyone's digging through their bins at their houses going, I know I have that calendar from 1989, <laughs> you yeah. know, whatever the case. And so it was, it was really quite a journey to pull it all together and, just some facts so there's a beautiful museum it's actually what if you take a tour of the stadium you'll be able to see it um and even if you tour and then go to a game you know it's all good yeah um but this but the museum itself i mean it's just done so beautifully just like the rest of the stadium i mean it's like a big bright white room with beautiful mannequins showing the uniforms from 1961 till today um and there was a lot of iterations in the beginning and then i think i mentioned before you know 1978 till now it's kind of virtually the same but they have all the calendar covers they have iconic pictures and facts uh you know throughout the uh the museum and it's just fun to be in and it was really cool when we were there touring well there's two things actually one we actually toured in hard hats um, and saw the stadium. There was a handful of us, some of the OGs and some of the other alumni. And we took a really great picture that, you you know, you can't visually tell, but we're standing in front of what is now the locker room in the museum. Um, so that was kind of fun. But uh, anyways, the, the at, when we were there touring, when, the, when it was actually done, uh, the people coming out of the, um, out of the tour were going, Oh my God, the uniforms were so great. Like they were just commenting yeah. on our locker room too. And of course they go into the players locker. You go into all these beautiful places uh, in the stadium that if you just, if you went to a game, you're going to see a lot, but you don't see every corner like that. Like right. you don't get to go in the locker room, of course, um, or the press box or down on the field. They did a really nice job with the tours. I mean, you feel special um, being able to see it. And it's just stunning. There's a big wall uh, that has a bunch of game day programs on it. And there was a couple of years that feature the Raiderettes and those are on the wall and they're, you know, it's huge. Right. Mm-hmm. So everyone goes through and gets excited and the girls love it. And I think it's so, so, so fitting. Number one, to kind of go back to what you said about bringing um, a pro football team to Vegas. I think it's brilliant. And one of the reasons why is obviously because sports is huge entertainment, but the other thing is, is when I went to Vegas, that is something I noticed in a lot of the casinos. There's like a section, like a room with TVs everywhere, just of football. 
so that people and then I didn't realize that I mean I don't people there are professional gamblers but one of my um, former bar guests I went to school at UF and I bartended um, at Texas Roadhouse shout out to you guys but (laughs) one of my bar regulars that was one of his full-time jobs was going out to Vegas and betting on games and I was like wow that's like pretty interesting and at the time there wasn't you know a, a football team out there and I'm like Huh. So when they made that shift, I'm like, wow. I mean, obviously I didn't think of it, but I, I did in a sense, you know, when you like discover a, a song and then someone says they've already known it and you're like, please, that was my idea. That's kind of how I felt. I was like, that was my idea, but I did nothing for it. So that was kind of how I felt. And then it happened. And then to hear you talk about there being a museum, I think that's also brilliant. You think of all the wax museums, you think of the things that when you go to Vegas or even when you go, I mean, out to LA, there are certain like memorabilia, how they do it tastefully to be very, um, to be with the times now, but also preserve history. So that's super neat that you got to be a part of that whole thing. I mean, no wonder you got called to do it. Have you seen your resume? You're like the most well-connected person and help with every brand known to man. I was like even reading more about you. I'm like, man, this woman, she's a powerhouse. So that's super, super cool. So you're, you're, what's your absolute favorite part of the museum? I, I think I, do like the uniforms the best overall because it tells such a story like you, you know it has mm-hmm. the name of the person who wore the uniform uh you know so it just you really feel like oh my gosh and then like taking me back to like you know to 1961 and who they are and how, you know how they performed um so i think that's just like visually probably mm-hmm. one of the coolest thing to kind of absorb uh, but really the whole space is is pretty cool and then i can't wait for them to translate it online so on yeah. raiders.com there's a raiderette section um and they'll be doing more and more there because you know once you have the assets then you know taking them digitally then there's just lots of uses for it absolutely but one i want to say thank you for your kind words you're, you're too nice the, the other place that people can go to see memorabilia not on the raiderettes uh, but on the players is they have a Raiders Tavern and Grill uh-huh. and it's at the M-, M Resort which is like the official hotel for the Raiders uh, like when visiting teams come and play and all that kind of stuff but it's 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 not that big but it's really cool um, and the food is amazing that was actually like a nice surprise I think people would probably go anyway but to have the food be great and the service be great I think people just like feeling you know that aura uh, uh-huh. in there and, and they have tons of TVs of course and the casinos and things that you were talking about when people would walk through and I saw the TVs are typically called a sports book. Uh-huh. So yeah, they just, you know, they want to play all the games and betting on professional sports is now, you know, there's changing and adopting because I think they just realize, look, people want to do it. So yeah. let's just do it the legal way uh, yeah, <laughs> and make, you know, make that happen. Uh, but sitting in the stadium and watching a game, I, I can't wait. I'm crossing my fingers. I'm actually going to, try and get there for the season opener that was um, so fun it, it's just yeah i mean i just know that that's going to be off the charts but even just being in the stadium is great and they have concerts and all kinds of other events there too yeah it's not just the raiders playing so yeah beautiful stadium allegiant stadium and they call it uh oh my gosh i'm just gonna blank on it right now guest star guest star <laughs> Death, death, uh, death star. star. Yeah, yeah. You know the Raiders. Yes, yes, the yes. This of the Raiders and it, but it, you know, just visually at night, looking how that stadium is lit up is is uh, pretty cool. So hey, let's go to a game together. Meet me in Vegas. Baby. Oh, wait, I would love that. It's Vegas has missed me. I know it has. It's missed my myself, my crazy self. My crazy legal <laughs> self. Thank you very much. I was listening. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> but no, that's like us too. We play by the rules, but we have a good time. Right? I know. <laughs> Vegas gets a bad rap, but I understand. It's just like how rock and roll got a bad rap, and then you actually go and you're like, you know, this isn't that dangerous. But maybe it is. Exactly. But maybe, maybe I was just with <laughs> the right the, people. I'm on the edge. Yeah. <laughs> who, who knows? <laughs> who really, really knows? Um, oh no, gosh. I would love to do that. And something too that I really appreciate about you and how you. Um, just have such an allegiance, um, for lack of better words, to the Raider Nation is, is so cool because I have a smidgen. I mean, I say smidgen, but I have it with the Dolphins. Anybody who listens to the show knows it's in my blood um, and we need prayer. 
every year. But I noticed that too. I wasn't a huge college sports fan growing up. I wasn't raised on college sports, but I ended up going to UF and being a Florida Gator is like a big deal, especially in Florida. Um, and there's a couple other colleges in this state, but that we don't care about. But every single time you go to the swamp, you're like, wow, this is electric and people like, there's just something that happens. And that's the same with any team sport really in any brand as you're like this you feel like you belong and so what I love about you is that you really do belong as a Raiderette still into Raider Nation and you want other people to experience that and so that's just really cool when you do describe these stories um, and I also know that you um, are deeply connected to these girls still and there was certain things that you guys had a journey through together. Um, so one of the stories we've briefly chatted about before, but I'd love to go further into some of the, the tragedy of um, Linda Sobeck and just kind of how that, that shaped you girls as Raiderettes and brought you closer together. Yeah, I'll tell you, you know, we're there for each other for all life experiences. And then, you know, life's a journey and life. Unfortunately, there are tragedies that, mm. that happen. And with Linda Sobeck, who was just the most beautiful, kind-hearted <laughs> Raiderette ever, um, I was fortunate enough to, to spend a lot of time with her because you tend to kind of be a little bit closer to some girls than others purely because you do promotions together or like she was doing modeling, you know, quite extensively. I would say is considered a su successful model. Um, and her mom would come, Elaine would come on the on some of the promotions. And so you get to know each other's family sometimes too, which is great. Like my parents know everybody. They're known as Nana and Papatito to the entire squad. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> and, and kind of the same feeling with, uh, with Linda's family too, especially her mom and her brother, Steve. But so um, it was just a crazy time back in 1995 and, um, you know, back then the people didn't have cell phones. I mean, cell phones existed, but they were like those big monstrous phones, right? Yeah. So, you know, mostly it was just landline and believe it or not, a pager. Yeah. <laughs> Your listeners have heard of those. Yeah. But so Linda's mom had given me a call and she said, you know, I haven't heard from Linda. Um, have you? Because, you know, we would stay in touch maybe a little more often than, than many of us. And I said, no, I haven't. And then we literally started, like, we just knew something was wrong because Linda was so close with her mom. She had called her and said, oh, I'm going to rushing out to a photo shoot, but then I'm going to my fitting. She was going to have um, a little bit of a recurring role on a TV show that, you know, and this was her dream, right? Modeling and acting. That's mm -hmm. what she wanted to do. Uh, so she was super excited about it. And she didn't end up showing later, not, not, that later that much later but soon after we found out that she didn't make that fitting which is mm -hmm. like so unlike her i mean she's super reliable hard working and i think that's why she ended up working so much um but here's kind of where the power of the sisterhood comes in i guess you know the camaraderie is we were all literally like calling each other and at that time it was like you know three-way calling no caller id but we're all just calling each other trying to figure out has anyone heard from linda and then we started to go into like action mode, right? Mm -hmm. That's like contacting everyone, the police department. The challenging part is that when you're an adult over 18, um, they really don't turn the wheels of a missing person until after 48 hours. Um, those are the most agonizing hours for everybody, including Linda's mom, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, it was in her, her family. I mean, it was just, we all just didn't know what to do. So. Um, because of my PR media background, I actually have, you know, all the contacts for media. And so I said to, um, her parents, Linda, uh, excuse me, Elaine and, and Bob, I said, I'm happy to do a press release. I said, it, you know, I go, but I can't make any promises, right? You just never know who's going to pick up a story or not or what, but it was just a big deal back then. I mean, a missing model, former Raiderette mm. or Raiderette cheerleader. And, um, and luckily, it just blew up. The story just blew up. I mean, again, we had pagers back then. So I said, 
okay, so I'm literally faxing individual media contacts, making phone calls. <laughs> and then um, my page was just blowing up. And so then there was media crews out in front of their house. They're interviewing. And as, as tough as it was, you know, for everybody, I mean, girls just rallied and went to their house. I'm, I'm juggling phone calls and media interviews, you know, on my end. Uh, as tough as it was, it was like we were just trying to do everything we could, right? you know, that maybe it was going to get attention and, you know, just a good story to on the positive side. It's just not a good story, but on, on the positive side is really having other models be cautious, yeah. you know, share where you're at exact location. And, and this was a photographer that Linda had worked with before. Holy smokes. Um, I know. So it was all sounded all just fine. But what, but what that, you know, having girls at the house with Elaine, us all contacting people and just trying to get the word out, putting up flyers. I mean, her roommates were putting up flyers all all over. It just kind of shows like everything's a phone call away yeah. uh, for whatever you need. So in this case, it was, you know, really just gnarly. And we did a caravan and searched uh, in areas oh my because... Kind of the turning point, too, was that there was this guy who was, like, doing cleanup in the Angeles Forest. And he, you know, cleaning out stuff that he saw Linda's pictures and portfolio, like somebody had tossed it in the trash. And, well, we know who tossed it. It was the photographer. Yeah. But, um, but he had he had kept it because he went, oh, my God, she's so beautiful. And, like, who is this person, right? And then he sees it on the news. And sees that this is happening. So he contacted police. And then, you know, just more and more information starts to come. Wow. And it was just an earth-shattering time for for all of us. But uh, we, we went through it together. Yeah. You know, and that, that was kind of the um, important part. And, and many of us uh, sat in the courtroom, mm. you know, with her parents just to be there. Uh, because that is also... Whoo, I can't imagine. I cannot even yeah, imagine. Yeah, and when you're... Exactly. And when you're hearing things that you know are not true, you know, you ha you can't even say anything. I mean, they really instruct you like you can't gasp or have emotions. It's like you just have to let the whole process play out. Yeah. Right. Um, but you want to be there. So you're informed. And um, yeah, that was quite something uh, to go through. Wow. So unfortunately, you know, through her, and I guess I maybe didn't mention this. I don't know. Maybe people know. But unfortunately, yeah, he, he murdered. Linda, hmm. uh, the photographer. Did they? And, so where did they find him? Sorry, sorry for getting you off. Where did they find uh, end up finding okay. him? Well, what happened was in the as now they searched, they went, okay, Angeles Forest, this trash can, this guy finds this stuff. What else is in there? Because the guy wasn't like looking for other things. He yeah, was like, yeah. oh, pretty girl, I'll take the pictures. So then the investigation kind of went to that area, and they also found um, there was a rental agreement for a luxury SUV that that's what that's what he had pitched to Linda that he was going to shoot her in this beautiful car driving you know in these different destinations but in, in the you know kind of inland in the desert and uh so they found the rental agreement that had the photographer's name on it oh, wow. so they found tracked him down went to his house he was losing his cookies I guess that day I don't know what was going on but he had a gun and uh, he was friends with a police, another police officer. She was there trying to calm him down. And I mean, it was just nuts. And then he denied, of course, that he killed her. And then later he said it was an accident. All these kind of fish stories that make no sense. Um, you know, that like so uncharacteristic of Linda. And we just knew her well. Like, yeah. when you really know somebody, you know, she spent so much time with us and of course really close with her parents and this stuff it's so hard to hear um imagine. yeah but that's sort of like you know band of people trying to first find her then yeah. dealing and trying to support that us mm. all knowing that she was murdered it's like what you yeah. know and, and you're you're pretty young you know usually you don't you, you just don't experience that in your life no it's, it's far and few between so um and Actually, once we got past the court date, and he's in, he's uh, has a life sentence, no chance of parole. Oh, thank yeah, goodness. Thank I, ho I hope yeah. that sticks. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then and then what really I think are kind of on another level that brought us all together. And, and I I literally spoke to Elaine uh, 
was it last week? Less than a week ago. So we stay in touch uh, all the time with her and, and we invite her and her family, her, her father's now passed, but, um, and even her brother, um, like we would invite them to our events. Right. So whatever gets get, get together we had, we, we included them. Chances are most times they would have been there anyway, but now especially, we wanted to make sure that they felt forever that we are there for them. We're going to take a quick break to discuss Write It Down's brand new website. You can head over to widpod.com, W-I-D-P-O-D.com, and see all the goods. You'll notice a banner at the top of the page that says Learn More. If you click that link, it'll show you how you can support Write It Down. P.S. My favorite part about the website is the Wid Wall, which is a collection of all the Write It Downs from the show. This podcast is made possible by the 1513 Network. So, show the network some love and support by listening to their other shows. If not, just stick with Write It Down, because I'm the coolest, the realest, the illest. Now, back to the show. So, did the photographer ever fess up to his motive? Or was it all just, like, jumbled up? didn't mean to do like did they ever did he ever really say anything that gave away why he would do something so horrific um i don't it's so long ago i can't i can't recall if he ever said directly Mm -hmm. uh but people who knew him or other models who had worked with him who would even like suggest like hey let's book linda too you know on these different things and he would say horrible things about Linda. So Mm. in the end, we kind of all felt like, you know, he wanted to date her and be with her. He started, he sort of started coming on to the models and, you know, Linda's so professional, like she would, I'm just guessing, right. Cause I never spoke to her about it, but that she'd be like, Oh no, we work together. You know, we we can't date plus for probably many other reasons, you know, so like maybe he, maybe um, more of like she rejected him and kind of put him in his proper place. And then he went, kind of off is yeah i mean what you could assume but nobody really knows but regardless it's just horrible absolutely horrible i think it was you know something he was thinking about from the beginning of even booking her and then taking her out kind of to this area that you know you have no cell service you have well i actually sorry they didn't have cell so much then but Mm -hmm. um just you know you're just alone you're just there um but because she had worked with him before I think she was trusting enough, you know, it wasn't like just some new photographer, but yeah, he did. I don't remember him saying that, you know, in, in the, during the trial, um, directly that he was interested in her or whatnot. But I, but I do know they had of course interviewed other people and he had just been kind of bitter that she didn't want to date him, but also a lot of the other models that he came on to didn't. So I think he was just really sounds like, right. Yeah. I can't say for sure that he was, very frustrated and Uh, it's just so sad i mean but we all think of her you know every day and when we went to her services um she had just joined kind of a new church um very very spiritual um their whole family but she in in particular like really strong faith and we actually all went uh, not only to her services but then later went back to other services for her church Mm -hmm. and this is what i was kind of referring to like it even bonded us farther it really made us all think deeply about how are people you know, feeling what is their life even beyond what we know, right? Because yeah. we typically know a lot because we spend a lot of time. And so we actually, there was a group of us that went to everyone else's church. So whatever the discipline is or the location or just, you know, could be the same religion, but a different location, right? And it's a different experience when you go into one church versus another. And um, I think it really kind of all gave us a little bit of, um kind of assurance maybe that Linda's going to be okay like it's tragic as it is her faith is so strong Mm -hmm. and it's in our faith is now getting stronger you know what I mean it's just and as a group and it was really you know nobody expected that to happen Mm -hmm. but it just did because the girls were open-minded we we cared our hearts were breaking (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know so we were really just reaching out and so that was a beautiful thing you know again out of tragedy you know the only thing you can do is you know hope that there's some good things to it or like staying in touch with her her family yeah and Um, just her she sounds like beautiful inside and out and I've, i've heard it said before that God um, whispers in your pleasure and shouts in your pain. And when you go through pain, 
you really can experience the heart of God in, in such a beautiful way. And not that anybody, we live in a broken world where murders happen and loss and pain and cancer and just things that you just can't even, I mean, even look at our world right now. Um, but you can really experience the heart of God through community and through each other and uplifting one another. So it's just, it's, it's incredible to hear that your y'all's faith grew during this time. And it seems like it's obviously impacted all of you guys individually. I mean, it's impacted you and, and made you, you know, go, what about my faith? Well, what do I believe in? Because this, this woman, her faith was so strong that even when she passed, she left a legacy. And that is so, so beautiful beyond even being physically attractive. I mean, this is just an incredible story. Um, tragic, but just incredible to see the beauty that came out of it. Um, so you, so where, sorry, excuse me, where are her family now? Where's her family now? Her parents, what's that look like? Did you say? Yeah. Her, her, um, so her father has passed. Okay. Uh, but her mom, Elaine, still right here in Southern California. Okay. Um, close, close to me where she's got a cute little doggy and, you know, I dog sit. Oh yeah, that's right. So when, we when talked about talking that. about, yeah, when it's safe, a little bit more safe, but we feel good about it. Like she could, so she's going to come over, bring the dog and we can just let the doggies play in the backyard and casual barbecue with a few people. Yeah. So we've been trying to get that, uh, that going as well. And then I do hope, you know, she'll come to Vegas and, and go to a game, but yes. gosh, I think she's 80. Wow. 80. Wow. Uh, but, but doing well, I mean, she survived so much. I mean, there was other people who had approached, she did sit in on some interviews, but like people wanted to do documentaries or other things. And, and she really was struggling with it. Just like, God, do, you know, do I want it? I live it every day already. Do I want to now, you know, relive it? Right. Like, what else can I say? You know, there was, like I said, there was Tragic. at least some good messages about models and safety and staying connected and making sure people know where they're at. Of and, course. You know, not trusting, uh, you know, not being maybe so trusting. Um, but anyway, she, so I, I can't believe she survived it, honestly, mm -hmm. this long and has, you know, and is doing well. Um, her brother, Steve, actually, not that long ago, moved to Las Vegas and um he and his wife and unfortunately his wife just passed away oh my word unexpected yeah unexpected I believe a heart attack and I actually saw his wife because you know we all knew each other families and all like extended families and all got together um but I think he's really struggled um with it I mean you just you just kind of don't get over it sometimes and that's when why it's important to stay connected and reach out and like you got they got to know like there's still this whole foundation of yeah Linda's sisters for lack of a better word right Adrian, who loved her loved their family and um you know I hope I hope they I hope he finds maybe a little more peace with it all but that's yeah. it's so hard it's such an individual experience and it's it's not mine to say what it is right. or should be, I just, but just for his own heart, you know mm -hmm. what I mean, to find that peace. But so, yeah. Wow. We yeah. definitely need to be keeping the Sobek family in our prayers just with everything that's happened and is happening. It seems like the tragedy they're facing. Um, but again, like you're saying, just the power of community, the power of having people behind you. <laughs> Um, the power of just people, there's, um, there's a Bible story. Somebody just reminded me of recently. Um, and if people don't know the Bible or agree with it, whatever, but this story is incredible. So you can listen. But what I love about this story is it was, um, a battle being fought and, and Moses is up there. And the only way that they were going to win the battles if his hands were still being raised. And when he got to the point where he wanted to let his hands down, somebody on each side of him held his hands up for him. And that is just a powerful, powerful testimony of what it's like to come alongside somebody and, and hold them when they, when they literally can't, you know, do it anymore. I, I think of the kids on the times I went to Guatemala in high school and there's this little boy who couldn't eat or drink without somebody helping him hold his head up. 
and um, to be that that hand that that holds the head up so that they can i mean there's just something so powerful that you can't really put into human words of an experience like that and to be on the side of the tragedy you you can't you, you just can't sometimes move on in life but then when that one person or a few people come along in your life and they're the ones holding you up it's just like whoa mm-hmm this is powerful and this is what it's about. And that is exactly what the Raiderettes um, exemplify and what you exemplify as a person and just your heart to, to even want to share this story because it's not a happy, upbeat story. And to be quite honest, I've never really shared a story like this on my podcast, but to, to sit and listen to this and then to kind of just envision this, this moment and, and this tragedy of just, I don't think there's any words and you can't really give words to people that are going through this, but you can give action and you guys gave action. And so, um, that is just, that is so powerful about, about the Raiderettes and it seems to be the Raider nation. You guys stand by each other through the good times, through the bad. Um, you and I recently just talked about, uh, one of the, the better times of the Raiderettes being able to go to the hall of fame with our dear friend, Marcus Allen. So why don't you go (laughs) ahead and share with us that, that story, about Mr. Marcus Allen and his Hall of Fame. Yes, the one and only, as we can call him. Yes. <laughs> well, as a matter of fact, uh, he was very kind. He had Elaine uh, Sobeck, Linda's mom, come to the Hall of Fame. So Marcus was the first and first person to do this, but he had 22 former Raiderettes <laughs> at his invitation come to his induction into the Hall of Fame. And it was just so beautiful and i really think it speaks to you know like you know he and i we just consider each other brother sister like you know and so many of the girls and he had really just this great relationship with them and and i mean true friendships i mean Mm -hmm. this is just him being so charismatic so caring and you know he didn't have to do that right it's like you know, everyone, no one else had done it, but he said, you know, I really want to have you guys there. It was just such a meaningful time in my life. And, um, and we were thrilled to go. I mean, it was like, as I, so I sat with him and we kind of made out the list and we were thinking, okay, you know, of course he'd want to invite everybody, but you can't invite everybody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but he, so he narrowed, you know, got the list to 22. And, um, as we were making the phone calls together, I mean, girls were like, what, you know, just screaming on the phone, like, thank you so much. Oh my God. And like <laughs> people are moving, moving their calendars, you know, to make sure that they can go. Cause it's like a three day yeah. know, festivities of, of things. Yep. And, uh, so it was really phenomenal. And we ended up having, um, we were all in like this big older house, but it was kind of, I don't even know how to describe it, but it was on a golf course and the guy called and he said, well, I hear 22 of you are coming in town. We can accommodate you all in this one house. So, you know, we all get our flights and connecting flights, trying to match and get there in time. We had a police escort (laughs) take us to the property and, um, you know, just so, I know, so many laughs and good times, but here was kind of the, like what really kind of blew my mind is so we show up to the first event and you can see, you know, usually it's like, you know, families, close friends, people who helped you along your way. And of course that's what he categorized us too. Like that we were out there cheering like crazy for him. And, um, and so people are kind of going, who, who are all these girls coming in together? And then, uh, and then we sat with some writer personnel and you know other people too. And then people were just like, and then all they would say is, "Only Marcus." Yeah, <laughs> like, he's the best. You know, yeah, yeah, he is. It, it, it was the best. And then after they got their gold jackets, and there's like you know the after party uh, for that, <clears throat> and. Uh, so we were all well, we were always hanging out together. We were like a pack of twenty-two wherever we went, and uh, so then all of a sudden we find the, the guys who made it to the Hall of Fame. They're taking pictures of us with Marcus. <laughs> it was just so funny. So we're oh taking pictures gosh. of them taking pictures of us. I mean, and everyone. So and you know, especially I think 
Raiders that you know I only know my own experience I don't yeah. know for the other teams but like we knew the players from other teams mm-hmm. you know um a lot of them if they had a bye week you know they weren't playing they would come to the Raider games because it was just so magical in the 80s you know I just was in, in 90s when they were in LA and uh, and then of course there's a lot of players who are from Southern California Right. You know, who come back, you know, even when I was working with Irvin and we do these big events, there's plenty of the all-star basketball games and all that, they would all come. Mm-hmm. So you just get to meet them and, and get to know them. So it's it was really fun at the Hall of Fame to see everybody. And then, of course, so many Raiders who had already been inducted, you know, yeah. Howie and Howie Long and Mike Haynes. And God, I can't remember everyone who was there was a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it just so happened when they do the football game, it was Green Bay Packers at the time. I can't remember who they played, but uh, Reggie McKenzie, who was a player, was a coach. Um, so, you know, just seeing him and his element, uh, he later went to the Raiders that is now, I forget which team he's at now. Um, and then speaking of players, because uh, you're such a Miami fan, mm-hmm. right? that's what you said. Mm-hmm. So I actually did a, Coors Light tastes great, less filling commercial with Larry Zonka, and I'm going to send you a picture of the two of us. You will die. Please do. Please do. <laughs> he was so nice. When was know? this? Oh gosh, like late '80s, '80s, '87, '88, '89, somewhere in there. Because I have to like probably on the picture I have, it might even have the date. You know how back then. <laughs> you yeah. take a picture would have the date on the photo but like right around that time yeah and there was actually wow. ben davidson and you know a bunch of it was basically all uh professional football players i think most were retired at that time okay and then it was raiderettes and we were split into two groups i was in the taste great uh group and um we wow. had a ball Good old i mean way. it was just crazy oh yeah you he just had us he had us all in stitches i mean we were all just cracking up so yeah much. what is he like what's show. what's his personality like just i mean just so fun and you know when you're on a set like that it's a long day yeah so you know and then they call you you have you kind of have to always be ready but like sometimes you have some off time so we were all just hanging out talking and um you know just having a good time and then we took a bunch of photos i'll show you the bigger picture too that has almost all of us it should have all of us in it but it might have a couple people not in it but the football players and then like dear um uh oh my gosh uh, Dwight Clark, who played for the 49ers, and he actually just passed a, a couple years ago, I want to say. But, you know, you look back and you just go, yeah, those are kind of, like, really awesome moments in time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. But, yeah, so Larry, I think Larry might have been a spokesperson for Coors or something, he, you know, because I think he had, like, a main role in it, if I remember. But, uh, yeah, he was he was a hoot. They're all, you know, even when we do golf tournaments to this day, like charity golf tournaments, mm-hmm. I had a, I had some of the original Raiderettes. They had a little tent and were signing autographs for people and giving stuff away. Um, everyone is just like so nice, you know, yeah. players, the, the other people you meet. It's like, man, in life, you just got to have a good time. Yep. So I think it goes to that disposition, right? You mm-hmm. just go. Yep. Game time. That's And that's exactly how Marcus Allen is. And every single person he's ever introduced me to is the same way. Like I haven't met one person at a golf event or at, like I even went um, down to the Super Bowl in Miami a couple years ago with my dad and we met so some people. Great. So fun. And not one of them is like cold or standoffish. Everybody is very, very warm, at least who have I, who I have met in the NFL. I still um, raise my eyebrow to Tom Brady. I don't think he's as nice as people think he is on TV. He's just too good and it's annoying. But he was in my division or in my division for a long time before he went to Tampa. But that's not what this show is about. I'm not spreading hate. I'm just saying not everybody in the NFL can be as nice as the ones that I've met. So um, it is it is really cool to just even hear from your perspective, somebody that was uh, a cheerleader um, in the NFL, but then also um, got the opportunity to really build relationship with some of the players and then to meet Magic Johnson and you were able to use your gifts and the things that you've been given beyond just being beautiful and talented as a cheerleader, but there's other gifts that you have in life that you were able to utilize and you were connected to some really amazing people in this life. And 
I mean, it's just so cool. I, I'm sitting here. There's times where I sit and I do this podcast and I'm like, what the heck am I doing? And like the best way I'm like, this is so cool that I get to share stories like this. <laughs> and the stories, every single story that you shared part one and part two, I mean, my mouth, you can ask Marshall, shout out to Marshall. He's in the studio with me is like open partly because I'm a mouth breather, but a lot because these stories are, are so rich. So I have just so enjoyed having you on here and, um, yeah, just a well, friendship. I appreciate it and I appreciate, I appreciate your kind words. And, and yeah, I mean, to me, it's everything, right. To be able to share stories, um, you know, hear other people's stories. I love it all. I mean, I'm like a documentary freak. I love them all. <laughs> I love when I, you know, on your, on your podcast, I can't wait to get to all of them. I'm almost there. <laughs> I, wow. I'm it's honored. It's really cool. I am so and like Ronnie lot. We knew, you know, yes. he was, you know, being in LA, Ronnie's um, awesome. You're kind to say you're honored. You're kind to say you're, you're uh, honored, but yeah, what you're doing is great stuff. So like I said, I'm your cheerleader uh, for sure. And I, you know, keep going. Thank and you. It's not always easy, but keep going. <laughs> Thank you. I really appreciate that. And I want to ask, um, because this is a special treat to have you, um, come for a two parter and, and spend your time talking, but do you have another write it down to share with us? I'd love to, <laughs> I'd love to. I've got two others that I really love. You want me just to share one? You can share them both. Or if you, if you want to come on a third time in a month or whatever, <laughs> but you can share them both and I will highlight them both. Okay. I'll do, I'll do the one uh, that first that is still in the theme of cheerleaders, right? And that optimism. Mm -hmm. This is actually a quote from Sandra Bullock. Uh, but it says the, the rule is you have to dance a little bit in the morning before you leave the house because it changes the way you walk out in the world. I love that. So my, oh. all my Ariana Grande dancing in the mirror, like has value. You're, so. you're spot on. <laughs> but I think it's so true, you know, and like, or whatever little moment, you know, just turn on the music and dance and it just changes, you know, changes everything. It does. And the short one, and this has been attributed to a few people. So I won't say one, any one in particular, cause they all have like different iterations. But the other one is stay ready so you don't have to get ready. Mm, I love that. My dad says that often. Oh, um, cool. Yeah. Well, we'll it to your dad. Yeah. <laughs> dad, I hope you're listening. Uh, Denise stole your write it down. I'm just kidding. No, this is, that is amazing. It's true. It's, it's true for anything in life is to stay ready so you don't have to get ready. And what a great mindset to have. Um, Denise, I'm, again, just so thankful that you came on this show not once but twice um and you you do have a heart of gold and so i really appreciate you um just helping me out and then coming on the show and sharing these compelling stories oh, i appreciate you having me really it's been fun and we're definitely gonna go to a raider game girl oh i'm i'm there i'm i'm not <laughs> kidding when you said that i was like i'll find a flight and i will go to i don't care i can yeah. be outside the stadium be that girl that's like <laughs> bumming tickets off people like i've done that before at a basketball game and i'm not beneath that so i'll be there regardless whatever, whatever it takes but uh, we'll, we'll make it happen the, the right way to be like, who's this girl outside of the stadium I'm like i know denise let me in well and you know follow the raiderettes on instagram yes um it's like the official you know raiderettes like football's fabulous females they, they just showcase so many great moments too i mean thank god that's when you're happy about that social media exists yeah for <laughs> you sure. know when they can do positive things but yeah check them out I, you know i'm excited to meet them it'll happen soon yeah and um we'll keep it all going absolutely write it down mm -hmm. denise villanueva thank you so much for coming back on the show Thank you for listening to the Write It Down podcast. This podcast is a part of the 1513 Network. You can catch a variety of shows on their website, 1513.com. If you enjoy listening to Write It Down, please subscribe, share with your friends, and if there's any ink left in your pen, write a review. For more content, follow the fun on Instagram by following at W-I-D-P-O-D. That spells WIDPOD. Super cool stands for write it down podcast but it's abbreviated to Whitpod. anyways thanks for listening and we will catch you later